Welcome to the Mind Your P's and Q's podcast with Mind Your Manners Mediation. I'm your host, Attorney Abby Godless, chatting with you about important family law topics and giving you tips for navigating Arizona divorce and custody. Let's get chatting. Today's episode more or less jumps off of last episode's topic. Last episode, we chatted how to approach talking with your kids about your divorce or separation. And today's topic is how to help your kids adjust to your divorce or separation. So it does naturally flow from last episode. And as always, I am just trying to give you a start of some tips and tricks. None of what I'm about to say is meant to be an exhaustive list of suggestions. For yet another episode, I actually don't have really any introductory house cleaning type comments, and so we're just gonna get right into things. The very first thing I will note that you'll want to keep in mind is that this is a stressful time for everyone. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about you as the parents and adults or your kids, the entire family is feeling some really deep emotions right about now. So in order for you as the parents to be the best help to your kids, you're gonna first need to work through your own emotions. Not necessarily the entirety of your emotions, but you need to start putting in the work and processing things so that you're in a place where you have worked through the emotions most relevant to your kids, such as any guilt you might feel towards your kids for deciding to divorce or separate. It can also be working through some of the other emotions that touch up against the specific emotions your kids are feeling. So even if it's not guilt, and even if you haven't 100% processed things, you need to be comfortable enough with the particular emotions that may come up with your kids, or you're not going to be able to help your kids face them head on because you're still deep in that particular emotion. Most notably, if you can accept your decision, and I'm not even talking about the emotions right now, I am truly saying if you have fully and truly accepted your decision to divorce or separate, you're gonna have an easier time presenting it as a natural part of life. And by presenting it as a natural part of life, you are already gonna be helping your kids overcome any difficulties. Whether you are able to hit that gold standard delivery on its head or not, and the gold standard just being that you are presenting the divorce or separation as par for the course, and specifically also goes to the tips I presented last week where we discussed the planning, the practicing, preparing to respond to the kids' reactions, all of that good stuff goes towards being able to accept your decision and present it as a natural part of life, after you tell them there's going to be an adjustment period. They were just told news that is going to alter their day-to-day lives. This is the point we're talking about. How do you help after the talk is over, before they are settled in to the new normal of you actually being divorced or broken up? The overarching message is to not be alarmed by reactions you're seeing early in the transition. 
If you pause for a moment and think about the chaos and uncertainty that you're feeling in the situation as the adult with some more abstract insights and likely some additional concrete life experiences, if you're feeling all of that and you at least have some control over the situation, at least you have control where your kids would not have that same control, then use that as the perspective back on your kids. If you're feeling this much, how much more are they feeling? And just keep that in mind. The other thing to note is that the adjustment period is happening whether you like it or not. That's just the natural flow when you have one thing ending and shifting in to this new next thing. That's independent of divorce, breaking up, family law, the law generally. That's just life, right? So the best thing you can do is to honor the adjustment period and don't send the message that I just want you to be happy. It's all gonna be all right. It's not that you don't genuinely believe the sentiments you're imparting, but those platitudes can inadvertently pressure kids to feel like they absolutely have to be on board and chipper as ever about this really big thing that's going to change their day-to-day lives. And again, it's not that those sentiments aren't true. It's that you need to give your kids the room to process their own feelings. You have to process your feelings and it is such an important part of your kids' adjustment to be able to work through their own feelings. They may come to you with questions. They might express that they want some extra help dealing. You might notice that they could use some extra help dealing, but you need to give them the opportunity to do just that. They need to be able to work through things in their own way. Now, as I go forward into some more specific tips, you will note that there is a bit of overlap with the last episode going over how to have the talk, and that's because some of these same tips are dynamic enough that they naturally flow into the adjustment period and are usually also just good life tips when you are a parent. So just the way that you wanted to prepare, plan, and have the talk using language that was age appropriate and generally kid friendly. As things continue and you are keeping them up to date at the appropriate extent, continue to explain the divorce or breakup in a simple, straightforward way. Continue to reassure your children that they're always going to have both parents' love and at each juncture that you have more info you can explain, continue to explain because that will reinforce the reassurances. Always make sure you're respecting their emotions. That is more true than ever during this transition and adjustment period. That means that you're gonna wanna talk about the emotions they're naturally feeling under these circumstances, and that might involve explaining to them using language similar to, it's normal to feel sad and angry about a divorce. These feelings are hard to deal with alone. When you feel angry or sad, tell mom or me. You can say, I feel sad or I need to talk, and we'll help you. Beyond just explaining a sentiment like I just shared, you generally want to encourage your kids to have an ongoing dialogue with both of you, and you need to demonstrate that you accept any feeling they have. 
Remember, sometimes kids keep their feelings inside because they think they're going to upset you and they don't want to upset you. You should check in with your kids frequently and you can ask as straightforward as how are you feeling about the divorce? Beyond talking about the emotions, you want to do your best to just listen and not intervene. I know that's going to be very difficult because it is every parent's instinct to want to leap in and protect their kids from things that are painful, and divorce is inherently painful. But taking this step back and just listening gives your children the chance to feel heard and feel their opinion matters. This goes to how you're going to demonstrate you accept any and all of their feelings. Not only is it letting your children feel heard and that their opinions matter and that they're not gonna upset you, it sets your kids up for a healthy relationship with their emotions. It lets them know that emotions aren't a problem to be solved or gotten over. It's gonna require careful listening on your part as well as empathizing. An example of this is if one of your kids tells you they're angry, instead of going to that problem-solving mindset and immediately thinking of ways you could cheer them up, instead, you can validate their emotion and let them know that you understand why they're feeling that way. And then you can take it one step further and invite your kid to tell you more. Moving along, you want to be reassuring your kids that the divorce is not their fault. This may or may not be tied to a specific emotion they're expressing. It doesn't matter. At the natural points, make sure you are taking steps to reassure them this is not their fault. This next point is going to be easier for some than others, but you do want to avoid talking badly about the other parent or blaming them even if you're angry. This is because children love and need both their parents. They can easily experience a loyalty conflict and start feeling any and all of those negative emotions or feeling more of those negative emotions, and that's going to be a hindrance to your open dialogue. And also, children need to feel both their parents are valuable because kids are half of each parent. And if you're talking badly about your co-parent and then they think about some of those traits from the co-parent that they inherited, you don't want them inadvertently internalizing those feelings. Because you're not looking for it to have an impact on your kids and because you may very well likely need a genuine outlet to vent about your co-parent, in these times, it's best to seek the help of a professional. Whether that's a divorce coach, psychologist, therapist, counselor, whatever their credentials, someone who is going to help you talk things out and who's going to be a third party there for your exclusive benefit. And it's also equally important not to post derogatory comments on social media. Those can be easily located both now as well as later. You also want to be giving your kids ample advance notice before whichever parent is going to move out does move out. This works really well if you are able to plan a visit to the new home and give them a tour generally, but also show them their new room. This is where you're going to sleep. If it's truly their room unshared, you know, this is your safe space, however you want to present it. But being able to visit that new location and be eased in a bit can go really far in the long run. 
It can also do wonders to involve the kids in helping furnish the new place and having a chance to bring over a few of their own things. You might also find it helpful to work with a parenting expert or family therapist who has specific experience with divorce and can give you additional or more specific guidance on how to handle tough situations that may arise. And children can gain a great deal from having independent sessions with a therapist. While expressing things directly to you as their parents is not for nothing, they frequently feel freer to express things that they are cautious to express directly to you because they think it's going to hurt you. Whereas with the therapist, they're with this third party. There's that safety in that distance of child to parent versus child to therapist relationship. You should also be aware that when a family is going through a divorce or breakup, children can act up, withdraw, or even regress. It's not uncommon for younger children to wet their bed or for kids of any age to refuse to listen. They're gonna need extra time, which will require your support and open communication. Over time, these symptoms are going to dissipate as the kids adapt to the new normal. You might even find it helpful to plan some favored family events to give your kids the feeling that the new normal is still based in the current normal. Keep in mind, less is more. This means that you should not be discussing adult decisions in front of your kids. You should only be speaking to them about what they actually need to know. This means they should not be exposed to the legal process. Now, I will put the asterisk on this point that there are certainly exceptions for specific circumstances. That can be a wide range of things. And the most notable times when this will come up are when you have a high conflict conflict, divorce or breakup, or one that has a history of actual violence. In those times, then it frequently makes sense to include the children to both ensure their safety and to get better insight into any needed therapies or other specific details that go toward the parenting plan overall. Whether that's the parenting time schedule and the actual relationship between your kids and both of you in this high conflict or violent situation, it may also go to, as I just noted, some broader details that need to be included. As I mentioned last episode and have touched on briefly in other points in this episode, do ensure you're having an ongoing discussion of the changes with your kids. That means making sure to only discuss the issues once each issue has been finalized and not while you're still working through things. That's because as plans change, it can confuse your kids and you don't want to complicate or convolute the situation any more than it already is. Beyond keeping them informed of the changes that are coming, you want to otherwise keep routines as normal as possible. Change is going to be hard on anyone, and this can be more so for kids who are really used to and comfortable in their ongoing routines. Kids thrive on routine, and they rely on you, and so as their parent, you can help them know what to expect by keeping these routines normal, or at least as normal as possible. 
That also means to the extent it's possible, the routines should continue being similar in both households once there are two households. But of course, this isn't always possible in difficult, high-conflict co-parenting relationships. So at the end of the day, as long as you're doing your best, that is what is going to be most important. You may also notice that your kids start having trouble focusing. This might be generally, or it may be specific to difficulty concentrating on schoolwork. And so you may also find it helpful in trying to keep the routines as normal as possible, to let the teachers and your kids' school know that you are going through this divorce or breakup, and that way they can be prepared to give your child any extra support if needed. Once you get to the point in your new normal where you are exchanging the kids for parenting time, you want to be using your best manners when picking them up or dropping them off. You may not be chatting much with your co-parent, but your kids are watching your interactions. Whether you think so or not, I assure you they are, and you need to be leading by example. Show them you can still be polite even in these difficult circumstances. They may or may not thank you now, but they will certainly be appreciative and hopefully voice that thanks later. Also, remember how important quality time is. If you're able to spend quality time one-on-one with each kid, wonderful, but at least spend quality time with all of them. That means doing something special, whether it's watching a movie, going to dinner, going to the park, planning a picnic, whatever is special for you guys. You also don't ever want to alienate the other parent. Sometimes parents think they're punishing their co-parent, usually going towards some adult unrelated issue, but regardless of the reason, they're really just punishing their own kids. You also want to be letting your kids speak to the other parent whenever they ask, within reason, of course. If they're in the middle of an activity or it's the middle of the night, there's certainly going to be obvious exceptions to the truly whenever they ask. Similarly, encourage your kids to spend time with their other parent. You don't ever want to make them feel like they have to choose between you and your ex. You never want to make them feel like they're disloyal to you by sheer virtue of wanting to spend time with their other parent. Can't say this one enough. Your co-parent is your ex, not your child's ex-parent. They are always going to be your child's other parent. You are all always going to be a family. Your children need both parents. Taking all of this a little bit further, that means also taking a step back and respecting your co-parents' decisions. You don't want to be undermining their authority or reversing any decisions they make. We've already discussed that whenever possible, you should strive for uniform rules and routines and work to always be presenting that united front as parents. But in times when that's not possible, or even if that's by and large happening, each of you is still going to get to make day-to-day more nuanced decisions and you don't want to be undermining that. They can have been a poor partner and still be a good parent, right? Those things aren't mutually exclusive. They can both be true. Co-parenting is so vital in making the new normal work for your kids. It means actually communicating and discussing things like rules and discipline, and again, doing your best to keep it consistent between both households. Also remember, your kids are not messengers. Family is still family. 
I really try to emphasize this whenever possible, but so frequently people forget that just because you divorce or separate, you're gonna restructure and look like a new form of family, but you're very much, most definitely, for sure, still a family. And let's not forget, we're not just talking about the immediate nuclear family. There's a whole bunch of extended and still pretty immediate family who play a large role in your child's well-being. The whole, it takes a village, right? There's the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, there's cousins, there's surrogate family. And you don't wanna alienate your kids from the entirety of the rest of their family. Keep them in contact, help ensure that balance balanced family life. No matter what, love, love, love. And don't forget yourself in this. Take care of yourself. Think of the airplane mask. You can't be doing so many of these other tips if you haven't first sorted some of your own stuff. Which brings us full circle back to the top of the episode, and I will give my usual wrap-up, which starts with us discussing how stressful this adjustment period is for everybody that the best way you can approach talking to them and leading them in to starting the adjustment period on the best foot is presenting the divorce or separation as a natural part of life and specifically using those tips we discussed last episode and keeping in mind that the reactions you see early on are not likely the forever reactions, and so just try to keep everything in perspective. You wanna be explaining everything in age-appropriate terms and continue explaining how things will work as you figure those things out. Respect their emotions by talking about the emotions and doing your best to just listen actively and empathetically and not intervene. You also want to be reassuring your kids the divorce is not their fault. Avoid talking badly about your co-parent or blaming them. Giving your children advance notice before whichever parent is going to move out does in fact move out. You should work with a parenting expert or family therapist as needed. Note that your kids may act up, withdraw, or even regress. Always keep in mind that less is more. Continue having ongoing discussions of all the different changes. Keep routines as normal as possible. Once you get to the point where you are exchanging the kids for parenting time, use your best manners with your co-parent when picking up or dropping off the kids. Spend quality time with your kids. Don't alienate your co-parent. Along with that, take a step back for some perspective and respect your co-parent's decisions. And those final sentiments were that your children are not messengers. Family is always going to be family. Love, 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 and take care of yourself. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time to stay in the know. Any links mentioned and all credits and permissions can be found in the show notes. I'll catch you in our next episode.